I want to read a, a few scriptures as we jump into this topic today. Um, and, and then we're just going to have a, a conversation about making a difference. The first one is 2 Timothy 1.9. And it says this, God first saved us. And that's we, even our vision here. That what's first is knowing God, right? You, you have to come to know God before anything else can happen. It says this, God first saved us and then he called us to this holy work. See, because God doesn't just save us just so we can, you know, be, get in some spiritual state and then go somewhere when we die. He, he saved us that he might walk with us in relationship and that he, he would call us to be part of the work that he's doing on this planet. So God first saved us and then he called us to this holy work. We had nothing to do with it. It was all his idea. A gift prepared for us in Jesus before we knew anything about it. I love this, that the work that he's called us to is not just a gift for him. It's not just a gift for the world. It's not just service to, for somebody else. It's a gift for us. The work that God is giving you to do with, with your hand, with your energy, with your money, with your words, the work that he's given you to do in his kingdom is a gift for you. You see, we are convinced around here that every single human being desires to make a difference. We're convinced that, that you actually, you want not just to sit back and be served, but you were created in the image of a God who comes to serve, and therefore we were designed with an innate desire to serve as well. And so this whole thing was his idea. Ephesians 2.10, it says, for we are God's workmanship. That word is poema, like you are God's poem. He's designed you, he's written you, he's scripted you, scripted you. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Now watch what it says here. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I want you to just consider that God has created you and there's been good works set out for you from the beginning of your life. He had something in his mind and in his heart for you. All the days of your life, good works were prepared in advance for you. I, I think for me, there's been many good works that, that he has planned for me that I have walked in, and there's been good works that I have not walked in, but he had planned and prepared both of them. I wonder if you are walking in the good works that he's prepared for you. This is not a message where I'm trying to twist your arm to get you to just serve on one more team in the church. What I'm trying to convince you of, what we're, what we're trying to show you is that whether it's in the four walls of the church or out in regular life, which we recognize is actually the majority of your life is outside of this building, right? 168 hours in your week and like a couple of them are here and the rest of it is out there. And, and, and that God has good things for us in all of our life, in family, in business, with friends, wherever, and it's a blessing for us. It's a gift for us. One more passage, Acts 3, uh, 13, 36. Luke writes this about David. It says, For David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, he fell asleep. God has a purpose for you in this generation. Now, this generation's crazy right now. I just want to lock myself in my house. I know, me too. Sometimes I just want to, let's just go find an you know, island somewhere and just live there. This, everybody's going crazy. That's why the world needs you. 
because the world's going crazy. We have a purpose to serve in this generation before you die. And by the way, the Lord knows when and how. And if he wants you dead, you're not going to live. And if he wants you alive, you're not going to die. And as long as he wants you alive, it's because he has a purpose for your life right now. He gets to have you the rest of eternity. But he has something for you now. And you know what? I know that when you walk fully in the purpose that he has for you, your soul comes alive. And so we want to have a conversation today. And we're, the reason why we're doing it like this is because uh, we felt that, that sometimes people get this impression that, that when we get to this part of the series, all we're really trying to get you to do is to serve on one of the teams in the church. And the truth is, we are inviting you to serve on a team in the church because any healthy household has members of that family serve in the house. But we wanted to emphasize this weekend that we're not just trying to get you to serve on our little teams in the church, which, by the way, is your house, but we recognize that God has called us to so many things outside of the church, and so we're going we're gonna to mainly focus on serving and what it looks like to make a difference outside of the walls of the church because that's where a majority of you spend most of your time, and we want to breathe hope and encouragement into you for your normal life. And so we're going to start right here. This is just going to be rapid fire real quick so they know who you are. Quickly, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. What's your name? Mindy Sizemore. When did you come to know Jesus? 15 years ago. Did you grow up going to church? Catholic church. Catholic church, mm-hmm. okay. How long have you been part of Heart of the City? Uh, 15 years almost. Since you got saved? Yeah. You really came to know Jesus at Heart of the City? Yes. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Wow, come on. 15 years, that's like almost the whole length of the church. Yeah, in December. I think that you guys were the first marriage that J.O. and Radine did. Is that true? Yes. The first ceremony that they did. Beautiful. Uh, what teams do you serve on in the, in the church family? Um, Market at the Heart and the production team. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. And do you have a vocational job right now outside of, outside of being a full-time pastor and, and leader of your family? I am a stay-at-home mom, wife, daughter, granddaughter, all holy above. Yep. <laughs> Friend, all of them. Beautiful. Awesome. Okay, we're going to come back to you. Megan. This is Megan. Hi. Megan, how long have you been following Jesus? Um, 15 years, since I was 20. Whoa, look at you. Did you grow up going to church? No. How long have you been in the heart of the city? Like 12, I think, 12 or 13. 12 years. Whenever awesome. we started coming. What teams do you serve on here? I serve on Bridges, church? making coffee, a Bridgette, and I take, I take photos. So good. Photos. Once a month. Oh. Amazing photos. And what is your vocational job? Um, I coach at CrossFit Coeur d'Alene downtown, and then I also own my own photography business, Megan Mylon Photography. Beautiful. This is Cody Spencer to her left. What's up, fam? How we doing? Cody, how long you been following Jesus? I've known who Jesus is since I was about four or five years old. Okay. How long you been following him? Good question. So I've been there a is fan. a difference. I've been a fan of Jesus until 2010, and I truly just dove in and became a follower. Beautiful. Did you grow up going to church? Yes. You did? And when yes. did you make your way to Heart of the City? So I graduated from college in 2012, and I was plugged into campus ministries, and really, I was on this journey of seeking truth. And so I graduated, and I was coming back to Coeur d'Alene, and I didn't want to go to a church that, excuse me if you're this way, but frozen chosen is what I call them, right? You sit down, you shut up, you go home, you don't really talk about it, and that's all it was. And I went to a young adult group that actually people raised their hands. I'm like, whoa, this is different. And people hollered back at the pastor, and they actually enjoyed church and endured church, you know what I mean? 
And so I came here and I called my friend Connor White and he said, oh, you got to go to Heart of the City. You got to go. So I went, met with Craig, became a leader, 2012. Beautiful. I know you've served on a lot of different teams over the years. What are the teams you're serving on right now in the church family? Yeah, right now, youth with Logan's in Houston. Come on, baby. Uh, my wife and I just stepped out of kids, men. We haven't been doing that, but we just had a little baby boy. Just had a new baby. Yep. Yep. And what's your vocational job? Real estate team leader. Real estate team leader. Beautiful. Bobby Carmody is to his left. Bobby, how long have you been following Jesus? Uh, thir- that's, that's his wife. That's, that's his wife. <laughs> she thinks he's cute, apparently. <laughs> uh, 33 years with a six-year testimony building period in the middle of it. Wow. Testimony building period. <laughs> Did you grow up going to church? Uh, yeah, my parents were missionaries most of my life. So, so you were forced into yeah. it. Church and church school, right? Yeah, I Christian went to school. Christian school all but maybe four years of my education. Okay. Uh, how long have you guys been at Heart of the City? Uh, nine years, a little over nine years. And what teams do you serve on here in the house? Currently, I serve on the finance team. I'm an advisor to the elders and lead team, and I serve on the He serves on a lot of teams. He also is now a Groups of the Heart leader because Next Steps starts this Tuesday, and it's the first small group that you should start in. It's only a four-week commitment. We're inviting anybody that doesn't have a small group to jump in this Tuesday with Bobby and a team in, in the Building 2. This Tuesday, we're launching it. It's only four weeks. Just dip your toe into a small group, and it's amazing. So thank you, guys. We're glad to have you. I want to I jump back to Mindy, um, and we are going to mainly talk about outside of the church, but because Market of the Heart is so much out of sight and probably out of mind for a lot of people, would you just quickly tell us what happens at Market of the Heart and maybe share one, one way, if you can, briefly on like what God has done to to make a difference in the life of maybe an individual or just this city because you guys are serving so many needs in the city. So at the Market of the Heart, everyone thinks, I mean, some people are very familiar with it, that we serve food, we serve dinner a meal, and we give them um, groceries to take home, and we have clothing that we send home with them and hygiene products. Um, what people don't know is that we have an incredible team that's there waiting to pray with them, talk to them, get to know them. Um, and we have built relationships and partnered with so many people in the community that we're able to help people with things, different resources, trying to find them homes or transportation or help with their bills or shelters. Um, a lot of senior resources out there that people aren't aware of or people who are taking on children for adoption. We have so many things that nobody is aware that we're able to help with, um, and I can't even, I say we have a team, but we have a family out there. I've never been a part of something so incredible um, that we've been able to sit and pray each other through life. Um, it's been, it's been pretty amazing. I try to tell people that we have so many different um, ministries within the market because our guests are a ministry, but we are each other's ministry. The people that we, we partner with are a ministry. Um, and for example, we've had... 
and I, I know three different occasions that we've had people come in and they were literally ready to end their life. They were, somebody brought them to the market and they're ready to end their life. And we have groups of people that just stopped and prayed and prayed and prayed. And we plugged them into volunteering um, after we prayed for them. And all of a sudden they seen what others were going through. And we still have some of them as volunteers and they're still alive today. So, I, I mean, come on. They, you can't beat that. I love that. Yeah. When you plug somebody into something that they don't feel like they're, they're maybe ready for, maybe they are just at their end, but you, you give them a purpose, and now they recognize that they're part of something. I think that you guys have had so many people that have really become to feel like they're family here at the church before they ever came to a weekend gathering. And it's, it's just amazing. It, it, this is just one of the teams that if you're interested uh, after the gathering, you can sign up for. They, they meet every Thursday, and there's so many different roles to serve in. But we just wanted to highlight uh, that one. Well, for one, because Mindy's here, but such an amazing way to uh, serve people in practical ways. But it's not just humanitarian effort. It's humanitarian, and it's spiritual, and it's everything at the same time. So I want to go to Megan. Uh, Megan is a CrossFit coach. She's a photographer. I don't think that Megan would, anybody would ever, or I don't think you would ever introduce yourself as, I'm an evangelist. But honestly, you are like one of the biggest evangelists that I've ever met. And she does it in such a not weird way, huh? <laughs> like she just talks to everybody. She doesn't even care. So can, we, can you just, just put humility aside and can you just like, Talk about how awesome you are at the gym. You are. Just, <laughs> just, just tell us, like, why you don't let, oh, this is work, this is the gym. Why don't, why you just say, I'm not going to let that stop me from talking about Jesus or just inviting people to church or whatever. Like, what goes on in your heart that, that leads you to behave the way that you do? Well, first of all, <laughs> most people that come to CrossFit are just normal, average Joes beyond popular... What Beyond huge think. biceps and muscles. If you know my husband, he looks like Thor. He doesn't count, okay? <laughs> but everybody else is just normal, average Joes. But people come in there so scared, but they want to get fit, and they want, they're like, I've heard of CrossFit. But it's mostly like 97% just normal people. Um, so I just have gotten, I've been, at, I've been there for almost 13 years, but I've got used to just like encouraging people and making them, because it's one of the best things that's ever happened in my life, is, is being fit and having an awesome community. And so when people get there, especially moms, um, that just want to work out and they want one hour to themselves, I'm just like, okay, let's just make them feel like excited and they don't have to do anything crazy, like throw barbells with a million pounds over their head. Um, and so I just want to make people feel like excited and welcome to be there and I don't know. So I just, I'm like... There's been so many times when I'm like in a class and she just is like, hey everybody, Craig's preaching this weekend, you should come to church. <laughs> you know? And I don't know if your bosses care if you do that or you don't care if they care if you do that, but... Either way, well, they're not going to fire me. <laughs> like she, she's just looking. She's just looking for like it's not. It's not pressure. It's not like weird. It's just like an invitation, and people come. There's people that are here in this room. I think that have come because of Megan. Well, and it sounds cliche, but the, I really just like think to myself, what's the worst that's going to happen? Like they're just going to be like, no, okay, cool, bye. Like no, like we overthink <laughs> it too much. No, okay, bye. I mean, they're not going to be my friend anymore. I have lots of awesome friends. Okay. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's really true. Thank you, Megan. <laughs> uh, I just, like, I really wanted Megan on this panel because she, 
just like literally just this simple thing, I, I, I hope that she'll impart something to you that it just really doesn't have to be that, I think we work it up in our heads so much. Like, it could just be really simple. Like, just invite somebody or just tell them that Jesus loves them or just say, can I pray for you? And she's a great example of that. And she doesn't work here at the church. None of these people work here at the church. Hey, Bobby, will you tell us a little bit about what's going on at the fire department and your role there? Uh, so I'm the chaplain for Coeur d'Alene Fire Department. Um, let's see. What that means is I provide care for all the men and women, the first responders of our community within the fire department. And it also means that our community, when they go through a tragic situation or they're probably in one of the worst moments of their life, uh, I'll get a, a text or a page and I'll get to go show up on that scene and provide some care for those people as well. It's it's, it's one of those cool opportunities because I actually said yes to doing this when I worked on staff here. And I knew that I had time to do that because it could be part of my job. But did you, did you, did we ask you to do it? Did you, I'm going to do this, or was it just during that period of time? Yeah, so it's just it during just that like period. Um, There's a brief part of my history of career where I was a first responder. So if these people are willing to lay down their life for us, shouldn't I be willing to give some of my life to care and support them? Was was kind of my thought. And someone just reached out to our church and said, hey, um, do you have anyone on your staff that would be willing to do this? And it obviously struck a nerve for me. And now four years later almost, here we are. Can you quickly, if you can, and I want... There are some ministries that are more difficult than others, especially in terms of earning the right to be heard in a certain community of people. Can you just quickly, if you can, speak towards that? And Because people out here, you guys have access to communities of people. You know, that's a big word. Like, it's the blank community. It's the this community. And, and people kind of huddle around ideologies or politics or identity or whatever in and there's, there's something to being, there's the biblical word, incarnational. That is, Jesus stepped out of heaven and came to us. He didn't just say, come up to heaven and work your way to me. He said, I'm going to come to you in your life, and I'm going to, he, you know, there's something to earning the right to be heard, and it's sometimes very difficult. People are, who are you, you know? Can you just, because I know that probably you face that a little bit in that area, and can you tell us a little bit about that and maybe encourage somebody out there that it's worth the consistency, so I'll, I'll tell you this, for two plus years, all I did ever was drop by stations each week and did not ever get asked or called to go and actually do anything. And there were many times in that period of time where my wife was probably the main encourager for me to not stop because it's frustrating. Sometimes you, you feel like God asked you to do something, but then you can't actually do anything. Um, the first responder culture is a little different. It's a lot, a very tight-knit group, and you have to earn the right to be there. You have to show that you're going to be consistent, and then I remember first call was a very tragic situation, and I got to help care for um, a lady whose father had just passed away, so... Sometimes it takes time. We live in a microwave culture, and we, we think like, oh, if it's not going to produce fruit right now, well, maybe that's not from God. 
well, maybe it is from God. I think what you need to remember is what, you, need to, you need to think about what did God tell me to do, and the, the fruit will come in due season. Do not give up, uh, for you will bear fruit in due time. So um, I just want to invite you to consider what community has God called you to, and what would consistency maybe look like for that. Uh, Cody, I want to ask you a question about, so you're, you're a, a business owner, you're, you're a real estate agent, but really, primarily, I think now you spend most of your time running the team or helping run the team, and I, from what I know in our conversation, you have implemented in your business world uh, a really holistic view of how to encourage your employees, not just in business and making more money, but in all areas of their life. So will you quickly talk about what you guys have implemented on your team and how you, maybe a little bit of the why and, and what, what that's looked like for you guys to, as, as lead team leaders, to encourage uh, people that may or may not be believers on your team. I don't know, but tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. Uh, the, the story starts six years ago. There I was sitting in this classroom getting my license for my real estate exam, and I remember seeing this slide. And I think they do it as a scare tactic, right? Obviously. And number one, hated profession in all of America was car sales. Number two, real estate agents. Number three, lawyers. And I'm like, oh, man, we're worse than lawyers? God. <laughs> And so I'm sitting there, I'm leading with Craig at this young adult group at the time, and I'm like, just because it's the norm for the world doesn't mean it's the norm for Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, right? And especially for believers. And there's a lot of real estate agents in this room, actually, I'm sure, because in Coeur d'Alene, I don't know where, what has more coffee shops or real estate agents. Um, but here's the deal, is that we get a bad rap. And so I got into real estate to say, I'm raising the standard in real estate, and I'm bringing ministry and business together because I'm sick of the whole world of saying, hey, you have your business world and you have your ministry world, and you show up different on Sundays, right? Who, everyone's heard that before. You show up different on Sundays than you do on Mondays, and I'll stick of hearing that. So uh, after three years of real estate, doing it my own, I said, man, it's time to go build something for the kingdom. And... Uh, a few other guys, Zach Davis and Alex Reyes, came together and said, let's go build something. And we joined Keller Williams because their culture is God, family, business. And so we got a lot of our stuff from that culture. And what we do is every morning we go through, we start on Mondays and we go through everybody's goals. I'm not talking just job. We go through job, spiritual, financial, physical, and relational. So with your family, spouse, whatever, right? And so it's a holistic approach where, if your job's failing, it's not just because you're not a hard worker. It might be because your marriage is suffering, right? And we, I get to coach those people through that. So a lot of times I play counselor, but mainly it's like, it's, I don't call it that. I call it coaching, right? I'm not a professional counselor, but if someone says, oh man, I'm going through this hard time, I can say, tell me more about that. And I can be a listening ear. And honestly, all I do is ask great questions and they figure out the answers to them, themselves. And most of us have the answers. We just don't know what to do. And so I just tell them, sounds like you know what to do. Let me know how I can help, right? And so we get to talk about the spiritual. Yes, we've had people on our team that don't believe in Jesus. And I just ask them, tell me what your spiritual goal is. And then we get to talk about it. And so it's really rad. We get to talk about all the holistic approach of that. And we've seen some really amazing things. But I do have to give credit. I mean, there's so many agents in this room that paved the way. That I'm not starting this. Like we have Luke Brown, Greg Link. They've been in it way longer than I have. Dennis Spencer, my dad, like they paved it before I did. And I'm just hang on their coattails saying, here we go. I'm just going to be a Jesus freak and see where this takes us, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, it's not just about that business. The, the idea is that what could you do in your 
job or in your family, in your sphere, in terms of bringing in a, a holistic view? Like, but even like those of you that have a vocational job, what would it look like if you are, you know, finding a way? Those of you that are business owners to find a way to make just a sliver of place for us, the spiritual. Um, you know, instead of just saying, well, that's not a business thing. Let's just focus on how can we make more money. But like to say, how is your marriage doing? How, how can I help with that? How can I, you know, what are your spiritual goals? And, and walk with people through the areas of their life. And, and obviously we believe that knowing God is the primary thing in life. But sometimes when, when somebody has a major issue, say with their kids or with their marriage or, or something like that, or maybe their finances are just you know, and you're helping them with those things because you're stepping out of your world to, to take, maybe it's outside of work hours, you're making a difference in their life in that area. It's going to open up the door for the spiritual conversation, you know? Um, so I just, I hope that maybe some of you would consider what more can I do in the world that I have to, to bring other areas of health and next steps and, and helping somebody grow in their world. Uh, Mindy, I want to go to you. I want to just ask you quickly. I just was so surprised this week when I talked to you. I don't know. You you probably can't tell because she looks so young, but Mindy is a grandmother. Can you believe that? I was like, what? And and then and then she said that her grandmother is moving uh, either on your property or whatever. Uh, moved in with you and so I was like oh we have to talk about this you are ministering you you're not just a stay-at-home mom none of y'all are just stay-at-home parents you're full-time leaders of your household amen and that's a huge job a huge job I had to stay home uh with my kid for one day and I was like nope that's harder than going to work I'm gonna go to work (laughs) it really is so so I said to her I said Mindy you got five generations, and she said, actually, I got a great-grandmother, too. So six generations of family ministry actively going on. Yeah. Quickly tell us about what, what, how do you make a difference in six generations of family? Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay, so first of all, I think um, God gave me, he blessed me with so many different areas in my life and so many different relationships um, and different roles, and so it's my job to honor that and take care of that. Um, so it's just with, with my children, um, definitely speaking, speaking to them and, um, making sure that they, making sure that they know God, but, um, know who they are and who they belong to and their strengths and that they have a gifting. Um, but that goes same with my grandchildren, you know, praying with them. Um, my granddaughter gave her life to Jesus in the back of my car on one of our dates, which was beautiful. Um, bringing my grandma over, you know, um. I, she's she's with church with me right now. She's watching it at home. Um, but I hi grandma. <laughs> but uh, um, praying with them and just just taking care of what God gave us. It's really important to um, just to honor that. You know, just to do that. Um, well, you're doing an amazing job. Wow, well, that's thank awesome. You. Oh, thank so you. many, gen- and I know that I've seen your family members serving with you, and yeah. like Cody brings his little boy to serve at youth with him, and yeah. there's just something about inviting your inviting your your kids to participate, not just in the church, but in what you're doing in the in in the organizational church and and outside of the church, which is where I, I want to. Um, I just want to end on a couple notes here. I want to have two of you speak towards. Uh, things that you, ways that you've made a difference in the community 
outside of the church organization, and I want to have two of you close with speaking towards uh, just how, one way that you've seen God use you personally to make a difference inside of the house. So I'm going to start with Megan and Bobby, and, um, and just share something with us of what God's used you to do outside of any official ministry and organization. And if, unless you have something else on your mind, Megan, what I want to invite you to speak towards is you are so good at being friends with believers. You love Jesus. It's not just a, a surface level thing for you. You're all in, but you're also so good at being friends with people that are, they want nothing to do with God. And I, I think, I don't know, but I think that a lot of Christians have a hard time just being friends with non-Christians because we don't know how to do it. And could you just talk about a way that you feel like God's used you to make a difference in maybe just your friend group? Is that okay? Um, I would say at first I started out with, um, like, leaving God out. Because <laughs> you're like, what are they going to, I don't know. You know, when I was younger, when I was a new believer, you're like, I'm just not going to say the G word around them, you know. And then eventually I was like, you know what? This is just not me. And uh, so if, if God comes out or if I'm like, I want to pray for you or it's just going to come out, right? So... And then, yeah, we've met some people through, because me and Josh are both born and raised here, so Josh has met some friends through, like, softball and other things that we just started, like, doing life with, um, which is hard. Like, some people might not agree with that. Like, we actually do life with a big group of people that don't believe, um, and that's okay. Like, and we just, me and Josh just make sure that we're checking in, like, are we, are we, are we influencing or are we being influenced? Like, because it's that's easy so when they want to do... That's so key, you guys. That's yeah. so key. And to walk with your community yep. in that, your small group in that, yep. and... You know, are, are we influencing or are we being influenced? Yeah, and there's, here's the deal. We've messed up in front of them. Like, we've totally messed up in front of them. Maybe we drank too much or whatever, like, happened, and we've called them or texted them the next day and said, hey, that's not us. We're sorry. We've um, had, like, just, like, kind of, like, arguments with them and things where we've said things that we didn't mean, and we've called them the next day and said, can we please meet up with you and talk and make sure that we get this organized? Like, we're just always making sure that we're, like, we're not going to not do what we would do with anybody else with them. You know what I mean? And... So we just make sure that we just, it's all the same life, just with different people. And so they're going to get the whole side of us. And that's a, the main part of our life is God. So, Such a good thing. And I know we got to finish, but this idea that the world generally thinks Christians are hypocrites. You know that, that generally people are like, ah, oh, church people are such hypocrites. But what speaks louder than that is when you do mess up and you go to them in humility and you own up to something because the world's not used to that. They don't want to do that. They don't want to go to somebody in humility and be like, man, and, and you do that and it just, it, it, it preaches louder than sermons. So I've seen them do that. And uh, it's a way that you can really make a difference in, in, in people's hearts. Um, Bobby, I want to invite you to share one way that you have pushed yourself to be an evangelist. Can you share a practical tool of sharing Jesus in a non-church setting, non-official setting, just... Yeah, I mean, it's an overwhelming thought sometimes. You're like, where can this happen? How can this happen? How will I have time to make this happen? I've got so many other things going to my head. So I get all of those things. Um, currently, or actually just recently ago, we started an accountability group where a group of us from the church here just held each other accountable to ensure that we found someone every single day to share the word of God with. And maybe it was a Jesus loves you. Maybe it was a pray for them. And maybe it was share full gospel. Maybe it was prophesy. Maybe whatever it was. 
but we started to do that. But before we got to that step, uh, just the most practical thing that worked really easy for me, and every one of you can do this, most of you pray for your food. Is that correct? Okay. It's a cultural thing. We do that well. It's also maybe somewhat biblical. But we also all occasionally eat out, correct? So when your waiter or waitress delivers your food, you just simply say, hey, I'm about to pray for my food. Is there something that I can pray for you for? And more often than not, I mean, I've, I've had people just break down crying in that moment. Oh, my goodness. I have this on my heart. I ask God if he saw me. If so, send me help, you know, and so on and so forth. And then there also will be people that say no. And you pray for your food and you eat it and it's still fine. They've already served it. They can't do anything to it. You're good. But that's an easy step. Beautiful. Real quick, Cody and Mindy, I want you guys to share one way that, that and we'll put it like this way intentionally, that your heart has been blessed by the way God has used you to serve on one of the teams in the church. Something that normally somebody from the outside would say, oh, you're serving somebody, you're serving the youth, or you're serving, but that you were like, wow, Lord, thank you for letting me be part of that. Yeah, I would say youth is definitely that. I definitely didn't feel called to youth, right, quote, unquote. And I was fasting for two weeks before the sound and juice fast. Man, that was tough. But God did speak to me. He said, Cody, go tell Logan, you're gonna go serve there, whether it's wiping the toilets, picking up chairs, cleaning, meeting with kids, whatever. Just go tell them you're his for a whole year. So I did that, and trust me, here's the deal. Not every Wednesday do I show up saying, I can't wait to be here, Woohoo! But when I sacrifice my own feelings and emotion and I show up with my kid, whoo, he said, Cody, the reason why you're bringing Zane and you're serving is because you need to help these kids that are youth because they're going to be training up and leading your son wow. and your son. So, um... I, man, it, serving has way more of an impact than just like, oh, I'm here to like make sure someone feels good, which that's definitely part of it. But your heart gets totally wrecked. Whether you're giving your money or giving your time, like it takes that sacrifice. And I love, I heard this from Seth one time. I'm sure it came from J.O. and someone else. A sacrifice is only a sacrifice unless it's a sacrifice. And I have to remind myself and stir myself up and say, all right, Lord, despite how I feel, I'm coming. And every time, without any doubt, I leave saying that was worth it. Whether it was the kid that gave his life to the Lord or the one person I showed a home to, they said, where do you go to church without me telling about Jesus? And they come and they raise their hand at church and they give their life to the Lord. It's worth it. And so for me, I would say, man, that's what I want to be about is serving because it just, I level up when I serve. And I know that's not what I do it for, but I just right. walk away feeling on top of the world, right. confident, ready to go like tell everyone about Jesus every single time. Right. I want, I want to let you know this, that you are the answer to somebody else's prayer. I don't even know if you know this, but Logan was praying for you. He's like, Cody's my number one round draft pick. I want that guy. He fasted, and the Lord spoke to him. That's what the sound, <laughs> the sound will do that to you. Some, listen, you guys, somebody's praying right now that they need you. Um, I, want to, I want to finish with you, Mindy. I want you to tell us how it is that God's blessed you. I was so encouraged by my conversation with you this week. Mindy, by the way, y'all need to put your hands together for this girl. She did not, she did not want to sit up here and do this. 
She goes, Craig, you like to talk, I like to do. And that is who she is. She, she likes to just do, just serve and do things. And she's, she doesn't like to be on the, in, the, in, the, in the light. And so what, what is it that, you know, is in your heart in terms of serving people? And, and, and just would you encourage us by what has come alive in you through your acts of service? So I'm, I'm on the same page with, with Cody. Seriously, I feel closest to God when I'm serving. I mean, I feel closest to God when I'm serving. I feel alive. I feel like the world is right, and this is what I'm here for. That is, that is it. Um, at the market, I, I, there's, <laughs> it could be that somebody came in and said, this was the first real meal I've had in a week, and that made it worth it. That one person, you know, that's all it took, and I feel... I feel like everything is right in the world. Um, it could be that the person came in and they were able to sit down and have dinner with somebody. And um, because maybe they have nobody at home to have dinner with, and we have people that come in all the time just to, you know, sit and have dinner with us. We're their family now. And I am blessed to have that family, that new family member in my life. Um, there, There is nothing about serving that does not bless me. All of it. I mean, it could be with my family. It could be at home. Um, that's that's what I feel we're here to do. Beautiful. This was going to happen. We're gonna we're gonna let you go in about four minutes. I just want to present this invitation to you that if you are not experiencing the joy of making a difference, of walking out uh, a plan, a, a what it is that. God divinely designed you to do. This is your invitation to join something. We were hoping that this conversation would stir in you vision and hope and a desire to make a difference out in what is the majority of your life. And we hope that you will begin to think differently about your family and the, your primary ministry, your home, but also business and friends because we believe as a church that it's not just what happens in the organization that matters. It's what happens in all of your life. And we are with you and we are for you to be ministers of the gospel and to really make a difference out there in the world. We also believe that for you to serve on a team here in the family is extremely important. That you would invest the treasure of your time and your, your energy and your effort here in the house. 